0: Hello, friends. I'm Christy Evans. Welcome to Decrypting Genius. I'm a human behavior researcher, career innovation strategist, and writer who's obsessed with studying how people can gain agency over their work and their lives by unlocking their genius. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about the six mindset shifts that launched me into what I think of as my journey into the abyss when I moved from a full-time job to freelance to my own business. I wanted to share a bit about my journey because Jumping into the abyss seems totally impossible before you do it, to the point that many people struggle to even dip their toe in. And once you're in it, it can feel even more overwhelming, as if you're caught in an endless, slow-moving struggle with a constant worry that you may never find your way out. If you do find yourself on the cusp of entering the abyss, or you're right in the middle of it wondering if you'll ever get to the other side, you might be swirling in questions like, should I quit my job Should I try something else? Is this really how I'm meant to spend my time, energy, and resources? Am I going to do this for the rest of my life? These are questions that people constantly bring me. And beyond should I do it, I often hear, can I even quit my job to try something else? Is that even possible with all the bills I have to pay and all the obligations I have? And if I could, how would I go about that anyway? Or what would it even be like? And we're all asking these questions at different points in our life because within our careers, we're always evolving, adapting, and up leveling. We have to. If we stay stagnant, we become irrelevant. So it's an ever ending cycle. We constantly hit a wall and then we grow and expand and then hit a wall again. So my hope is that by sharing a bit of my journey and more specifically than my journey, the six mindset shifts I had to make to come out the other side of the abyss, I'm hoping that that will ease some of the fear that you might have or override any tendency you might have towards inaction or inertia or just getting stuck where you are. Unfortunately, this is not going to be a how-to list because this type of journey, meaning one that's a big transition, it's a big evolution, it's one that drives you and tilts you towards your purpose and deeper meaning in life, that type of change versus a small sort of incremental job shift or job improvement or promotion doesn't have a blueprint, like really doesn't have a blueprint. We are not talking about how to start a garden. There is not a six-step process that's guaranteed to lead you somewhere specific. There's no rule book that you can follow in terms of how you get from point A to point B. Everybody's journey will be different. Though so I had to challenge myself with big questions to move forward, and you will have to do that as well. And what I'm going to give you is therefore not six action steps. It's six different ways I had to think about things differently in order to take the first steps and to sustain myself once I took the first steps. And I wish I had put more thought into what I was doing or had more clarity and understanding around what this journey would be, how long it would be, how overwhelming it would be. I wish I had any idea what I was doing actually when I initially made the leap. When this started, I was working for many years as a human behavior researcher, as some of you know, doing ethnography studies around the world. And one day while I was living in London, I accidentally quit my job with no real plan, which turned out to be a, quite a disaster because my visa was tied to my job and I had a whole life in London. I wasn't dying to leave, but by quitting the job, I sort of, as a consequence, realized I was going to have to uproot and ditch my whole life. It wasn't just about leaving my life. There were aspects of my job that I liked at the time, too, that I really liked. I had been doing studies across Africa for three years at that point, which were unbelievably fun and provided me with endless intellectual stimulation, not to mention the frequent flyer miles that funded all of my personal adventures. None of that stuff was easy to give up or I wasn't overly enthusiastic to walk away from most of that something inside me was brewing. And I had what you could definitely call a comfortable life. But I wondered deep, deep in my bone, is this really my highest capacity? Am I really expressing what I truly have inside to contribute to the world? And is this leading to the life I want? Is what I've set up and where I've built value going to lead to the life I want? And are all the petty politics and endless meetings worth the trade-off in terms of what I was giving up in my life? Because my work had a lot of petty politics. um, And for all of that work, I was making major trade-offs in my life. I was spending endless amounts of time in field, in different countries around the world, mostly by myself, hanging out. (laughs) And I loved that. But it did come with big lifestyle trade-offs. And it did come with a lifestyle that did not feel at all sustainable. And I also really started to wonder, what am I doing if this job or industry goes away? Because it's a tiny industry where I use a very specific skill set. And it turns out that I was right to worry about that because almost nobody does the types of studies that I used to do at that time. They're incredibly costly, incredibly time consuming. And our world sort of moves too fast for them now. So I was right to worry about that at the time. So while there was nothing technically wrong on the outside with anything, I did start asking bigger questions about the future and about whether or not anything I was doing was really going to lead to how I actually wanted to live and who I actually wanted to become in the world. And even if you're not someone who's teetering on the edge because you want to do something different in your career, you want something more meaningful, or you want to have a bigger impact with your work, the world is changing much faster now, much faster than back then when I was worried about my industry. So you And I will have to start thinking about how we adapt to a world where AI and Web3 and all of the more recent technological advances make us irrelevant faster. We really don't have the luxury of sitting around being inert, playing it safe. So let's get into it. So, number one, stop thinking about a job change and start examining your yearning. The key point there being yearning. So, I hear you, I hear this from everyone you want a new job or a new career, and you want to know what it is. (laughs) But what I want to know is why do you want a new job or a new career or a new direction? So when those questions started creeping in during silent moments in the middle of the night, what was the actual yearning all about? So for most of us, the yearning isn't for a different job or for a better salary or any of the things that you think it might be about. It's for something more, something more meaningful, fulfilling impactful, something we can't quite name, something that's scary to pursue. We are yearning deep inside for something more. And what is that more? What is that yearning? Because it seems like I just need a new job, a new boss, a new client, a new project. I just need something that's a little bit more intellectually stimulating or something a bit more exciting or something that pushes me, et cetera. And sometimes that is what it is. But when we have the big existential questions, it's because we're yearning for something more. And deep yearning doesn't usually come with clarity. In fact, it definitely does not come with clarity. On a good day, our yearning makes us disoriented. And on a bad day, it sends us into a full-blown mental spiral. So it's not like this is a fun thing. It's not like yearning is fun. What would be fun is maybe just wanting a promotion. But yearning comes with a deep, deep lack of clarity because It's a propellant. It's propelling us in a direction, but not in a specific direction. So when my lack of fulfillment peaked, I would wake up in the silence of the night, just not caring if I kept living. I had hit a wall. I'm like, what the heck is the point of all of this? What have I even built? How much time have I put into this? How much energy have I put into this? And I don't even want to continue with this. Like, what am I supposed to be doing anyway? I was also asking myself, is this how I'm going to spend all of my time until the end? This cannot possibly be like 20, 30, 40 more years of what I'm doing right now. And the hopelessness set in when I realized I had no idea how to pursue anything different. The hopelessness comes when you're like, but what else is there? What other thing am I doing? Um, And I certainly didn't know how to find something resembling purpose. So when I left London, I tried to fill the void of yearning with the next shiny job. I thought I could just get a job where I worked on different clients and different industries that would be stimulating in a different way. I was in a different city and it was a fun, exciting, different kind of adventure. So I thought I could just fill that yearning with that shiny job. And guess what? Like an annoying rash that has been treated but not cured, the yearning came back with a vengeance. And being in a new job with the same old yearning did not help my reputation or my bank account when I promptly had to quit that job, not very far into it, and go back and really ask, what is the yearning? Not what job do I want, not what career do I want, but what is the yearning? So I ask you as well, what the heck are you actually yearning for? What is missing? And big old hint, it's not better snacks in the cafeteria. There's something deep that's missing. There's something deep that wants to be fulfilled within you. And there's something you're yearning for and yearning to move in the direction of. You can tell the difference between existential questions, the ones where you're like, what am I doing? What is the point of this? What is the purpose? How could this possibly be it? That's very different from how can I get a little bit more money? Or how can I get a little bit more flexibility in my time, right? So if you have the big existential questions, ask yourself, what are you actually yearning for? And my core reminder to myself and to you is do not fill the void. Try to identify what the deeper yearning is. Number two, stop thinking about what feels realistic and start thinking about what would make your parents, partner, or the people you respect uncomfortable. So if you're embarrassed about your yearning, you should probably be pursuing it. Meaning, if it's not just a little salary bump, it's probably going to be something that's out of your comfort zone that's further from what you think you could do or somebody else thinks that you could do. And if that's the case, you should probably be pursuing it. But be warned, your brain will not be on board with this plan. Your brain wants to direct you straight to, but I just need a new job. I just need a new client. I just need a new career direction. So, To override the shame of even thinking you could pursue something exciting and inspiring and well beyond what you thought or you think is within your realm, your brain will direct you straight towards what's comfortable and expected. (laughs) It will create an easy path towards some place where you'll fit in and get an easy call back, which is exactly what that shiny job was for me, right? Like that was an easy win for me. It was a natural fit. I... Easily could fit in there. There were new clients and new industries, but there was nothing that was well beyond the realm of what I could imagine myself doing, right? And my brain not only directed me there, but your brain will even try to convince you that's what you truly want. And my brain did that to me as well. It convinced me that all I needed was a different city, different clients, more intellectual stimulation, because of course it doesn't want me to jump off into the abyss. But after I made the awkward exit from that shiny void filling job, I finally had to truly address the yearning, what was actually missing, what I actually wanted to step into and who and what I wanted to become. And to do that, I had to have a confrontation with my brain that was really wanting to push me into the easy, obvious, expected direction to say to my brain, look, I'm going to map out what I really want, like the real vision. And of course, my brain went on the offensive and swore I didn't have a bigger vision. It told me, absolutely not. Like, you don't even know what you want. Like, you don't even know anything beyond this. And I just had to reassure it that, don't worry, I'm not going to actually do any of these things. I'm just going to write it secretly where no one will ever see it. And let's see what comes out. And that allowed me to imagine something more. And so I just wrote myself a question. What's the most unrealistic, most exciting an inspiring thing i can do not something i'm actually going to do just like what would it be if it existed and the unrealistic started to flow right like a netflix series a retreat center a brand with unique merch thousands of lives changed via content it's all still too embarrassing to say out loud and that's a good thing because that means some of it's worth pursuing and if, and importantly none of it is anything i'm actually doing or actually pursuing in the same way it wasn't when i wrote it down but the exercise was just to train myself to see That there are things well, well beyond where I was that could be possible. Not that I even felt any clarity that that's actually what I wanted to do. It was more from the perspective of what would happen if I just let the floodgates of my brain open. So for yourself, think about what is your embarrassing vision? It it has to be embarrassing. You have to feel like it would be embarrassing to tell your partner or tell your friends or just tell anyone you respected. Because if it's not embarrassing, it's definitely not expansive. If it's not embarrassing, that means you feel like right now you could start that. You could walk into that. You could be doing that. And so your cue is if it feels embarrassing, that's when you're getting it. And just start to ask yourself, what's the next step that inches you towards it? And if you have resistance, tell your brain, chill, stop taking this so seriously. This is not what I'm actually going to do right now or ever. It's just a guide to help me know what to do next, to help me know if it's worth it to just take one step in a bigger, further, more expansive direction. Number three, stop thinking about what you want and start thinking about what you're willing to sacrifice. So I know what you want, the comfort of the lifestyle you've become accustomed to, ideally with multiple locations, work from home flexibility and an expanding savings account without trading anything off and that's what we all want of course can we just keep all of the comfort and security we have and not trade anything else off and also move towards expansion but let me ask you this did your comfortable salary if you stock options if you have them whatever you have vacation time a car whatever it is did those things satiate your yearning and deliver true fulfillment because if they have or if they're delivering that now it's very unlikely you'd be wrestling with the haunting questions or listening to this podcast so It's very unlikely that you've gained all the fulfillment you need from all of those comfortable things that you want and you don't want to trade off in your lifestyle. But what I want to ask you is, what are you willing to give up to pursue your embarrassing vision? How are you willing to change your lifestyle in order to pursue the time and headspace to focus on figuring out what you really want and how to pursue it? By the way, this is why it's important to really understand the deeper yearning in yourself first. And open your mind to see bigger possibilities, because if you don't feel into what that yearning is and you don't open your mind to bigger possibilities, why would you be willing to trade anything off? And if you aren't willing to give anything up, you probably don't really want it enough to create it. For me, I I abandoned my plan to buy a house so I could invest every dollar I had in growing and developing myself. I didn't want any money sitting anywhere that wasn't directed towards building my own internal value. I also moved to a cheaper city far away from all of my friends and colleagues for three years so I could avoid FOMO and distractions as well as writing, learning, and evolving. And also, by the way, so that I could avoid a few big job offers and clients that were extremely enticing and were really on the verge of keeping me from making a bigger leap or pursuing something bigger. I actually physically knew I couldn't be within the vicinity of them because I would probably take them. And not pursue what I actually wanted to pursue. I also stopped drinking to save brain cells. And I still continue to invest most of what I have in building my own value. And as I watched all of my friends grow further into their comfortable lifestyles. And while they all bought houses and all the things. Well, I drifted off into the abyss. That definitely hurt. It definitely felt long. It definitely felt like, what the heck am I doing? And I still don't know when those sacrifices or investments will pay off, but I'm committed because I don't want the rash of yearning to come back. I know the alternative isn't an option. So what are you willing to give up? It doesn't have to be traumatic. It can be so basic. You definitely don't have to isolate yourself in a different city for three years. There are really basic things you can do to open up time and headspace for yourself, but you can't live the exact same lifestyle that you have now. If you want to fully expand in a new direction, you will have to incorporate some changes into your life. So start thinking about what you're willing to do. And my reminder for you is don't focus on what you want to get. Focus on what you're going to give. Number four, stop thinking about how to position yourself in the market and start thinking about how to extract and capture your unique value. So now that you've sacrificed sleep or alcohol or whatever it is, here's the great news. This is going to be easier than you think. So, you have everything you need to pursue that bigger vision. You just have to excavate it. And if you want to know more about this, listen to the previous podcast episode, number one, where I talk about how and what has buried our genius. All you need to know is that it's all in you. You just have to excavate it. There's tons of value there that exists already. You don't even have to do anything to access this value. You just currently can't see it because. You've spent most of your life morphing yourself into a resume and adapting who you are to fit the needs of the intended external audience. So you've been straining to try to figure out what company X wants you to be and then focusing on how to be that, which unfortunately has left you blind to your true and unique value that actually exists within you. When I wanted to stop morphing myself into resume boxes to fit the market, I had to flip the typical process. Instead of looking for jobs and finding opportunities and then talking to people how to get into their world. I did the opposite. I looked within and I broke down my temperament, my skilled, and my ownable insights. And then I stacked all those together in various ways, like Legos, and packaged them into an original story. And once I could see my own internal value, which I couldn't see until I broke myself down into those parts, I could also see all the ways that I could apply it in the outside world. And when I did that, the market started coming to me, asking me the person I wanted to be to contribute in different ways. So rather than me, Going out to the market, the market started coming to me. So I ask you, how do your skills, insight, story, and knowledge come together to create your unique internal value? And where and how can you con- contribute that? And more important than that is, can you make that shift to start thinking of yourself as a source of value that is untapped? And again, listen to podcast episode number one if you want to know more about that. This is also something I have many tools I've used for this that I will talk about on the podcast in the future. The reminder for this one is don't build your external value, go within and extract your internal value, and then find ways to share it. Number five, stop asking what's the next episode and start gearing up for a seven-part docuseries with multiple seasons. So digging for your internal value and aiming for your embarrassing vision requires that you become the person who is ready to live that vision. This is the part where you realize, oh who I want to become and what I want to do is very far from where I am now. But think of it as this way. How many characters in your favorite story got to the big turning point after their first opponent? Basically none. That's not how it works. All great characters fight their battles in incremental stages. So as they survive each battle, they evolve to be ready for the next opponent. They don't get to meet the real villain right away because they aren't ready. They have to become the person who will be able to win at the big turning point. So After I had my moonshot vision outlined, the only thing I wanted was to make it happen yesterday. I wanted the outcome, the bliss, the peace that was going to accompany it immediately, especially once you're in the situation where you realize, oh, there is this deeper yearning. I definitely don't want to do this. I want to expand in a broader direction. You're going to immediately want to be in the new direction. You don't want to be in your old world anymore. And for me, then I had to wait and I had to wait And I had to wait some more. And now I see that I was waiting for myself to catch up. I had to learn things I didn't know I needed to learn. I had to learn some of those things from scratch, from the beginning. And the process was much more overwhelming than I'd imagined. So I needed the experience to unfold in phases just to manage the overwhelm. And the journey still feels long. I'm still waiting for the twist ending. But when you surrender to a long-term evolution, You start to understand that like a financial investment, personal growth compounds. And even though there's no clear outcome at the beginning, it eventually morphs into explosive change and momentum as each of your insights and learnings build on the next. That compounding effect, though, it doesn't kick in until you have enough insights and learnings to actually build on themselves. It's not something that can happen overnight or immediately or in any pace or speed that you are going to want it to happen. But I ask of you, who do you need to become before you're ready for that embarrassing vision? And how patient are you willing to be while your growth is compounding? So the constant reminder I have for myself and for you is don't try to force a career revolution. Become who you need to be to live your vision through a long-term evolution. The more you understand you're in an evolution rather than a revolution, the easier the process will become. Number six, the final one, stop daydreaming about what's possible and start focusing on what's inevitable if you don't do what's possible. So daydreaming is easy. Take it from me. I am a world-class daydreamer, but patience is not. Patience is so hard. It's so common to be disappointed year after year when your vision doesn't look like your reality. And if you want to go on this journey, you have to override your deep desire to be at the end yesterday. And that is very hard to do in our culture where all you're going to see and all you're going to be bombarded with is people asking you, what are your results? What are your outcomes? And you're going to be bombarded with other people displaying their results and outcomes. And the only way that I found to override that desire or override the disappointment that comes from it when you don't reach whatever result or outcome that you're aiming for is to focus on the consequences of not pursuing something bigger rather than focusing on the vision itself. When I wanted to ensure that I was motivated to not only make a big transition but sustain myself as I got further into the abyss, I created a visual of what I call my life sentence or what my reality would look like if I didn't keep taking steps towards my vision. So Rather than creating what would be called a typical vision board where you're mapping out what your big dream vision is, which I have never done, rather than doing that, I made the same type of thing (laughs) that visualized my life sentence. And that included images of all of the clients I hated, all of the specific types of work I hated, all of those petty politics I hated, all of the bosses I did not want to become, all of the things that I would be stuck in if I did not keep moving forward. And so I put it on my wall to remind me of what my life would look like if I stayed the easy course, if I let inertia win, and if I got disappointed, and if I didn't have outcomes and results. The board was there to remind me that even the tiniest step forward was at least a better chance of getting away or out of the life sentence than doing nothing. And what I found was that your big vision rarely motivates you because It's too scary. It's too big. It's too unrealistic. It's too far away. It's way too unclear. I mean, you don't even have any idea what you're aiming for. And when you get there, it's not going to look anything like what you would have imagined it looked like anyway. So it's not really motivating. And in the depths of despair, which is where growth inevitably takes us, you will constantly feel inadequate or ashamed that you haven't reached it. If you have this big, unrealistic thing out there that you're aiming for and you're just constantly seeing that you're not actually getting closer to it, it becomes a source of shame. And that's why you have to remind yourself of the life sentence you're signing up for if you don't at least try to pursue what's possible rather than constantly reminding yourself of the vision. Your life sentence is the only thing that's clear as day. I can promise every one of you right now, if I did the life sentence exercise with you, you know exactly what you don't want. You know the exact projects you don't like. You know the exact clients you never want to work on ever again. You know the exact tasks you never want to touch again. You know the exact people ahead of you who you look at and you do not want to become them. You know exactly who they are. You know them better than you know the people you do want to become. And that is what is clear as day. You already know what you don't want to be. And when you're constantly focused on taking steps away from your life sentence, reaching your vision kind of becomes irrelevant because it's sort of like, who cares if you actually reach that? As long as you know you're taking steps to get away from the life sentence, you're just happy you're making any step away from that. You're happy you're not succumbing to inertia and finding yourself stuck in a life sentence that you already know you don't want. My final question for you is, what are the consequences of not expanding, of not pivoting, of not transitioning? What are the specific consequences? What will your life look like if you don't pursue something expansive? How will you become stuck and trapped? My reminder to myself and to you is don't focus on the outcome you want. That's great that you have it. Of course, you need to have that to know that there are possibilities beyond where you are now. But instead, focus on the pain of what's inevitable if you don't take steps to change and pursue something bigger. So those are the six mindset shifts I had to make to not just launch myself and get myself moving in a new direction, but to also sustain myself on what was a much harder, much more overwhelming journey into the abyss than I ever could have imagined. And I still use the same questions and the same reminders anytime I come up against a wall, because even when you're in the abyss, what happens if you've grown, you've expanded a lot, you've built something but you still come up against a wall and you still need to expand beyond that wall. And so you have to go back to the same exact steps and you have to really examine what your bigger yearning is. What is it that you want beyond where you are now? You have to create possibilities in your mind for something much more expansive than what you can possibly imagine right now. You have to start thinking about what you're going to give up or what you're going to sacrifice in order to expand in that, assuming it's worth it to you. You have to go within and find more internal value that's unique and ownable to you so that you can contribute more of that to the world. You have to gear up for what is going to be a longer evolution than you want it to be. And you have to know what the consequences are of not taking action and not taking steps forward so that you can be sure that you will continue taking steps forward, even when you become disappointed or even when it feels long or slow or when it feels like there's no possible way you're actually going to get to any different reality beyond where you are now. So I hope those can be helpful for you as you ponder the big existential questions late at night when your agitation and frustration builds up within you. Come tell me in the comments, what are your fears or holdups or barriers? What's keeping you stuck or inert or not moving forward and taking action if you're not? And or or tell me which one seems the most doable and least doable? Where do you have questions? Where do you struggle? And if you really want to put yourself out there, post in the comments about what your big, scary, embarrassing vision is just so somebody sees it. And thank you again for joining us on this episode. I will see you next time.